0: Good morning. Good morning! Oh, that's great. Nine o'clock was dead. I'm glad you guys are alive. That's, that's awesome. Well, I ended up going to Florida this last week, and and I was there for new and NI, our, our international mission organization, so I was there with board meetings and flew down no problem. Flew into the small airport in Punta Gorda, just outside of Fort Myers, and, and on the way back, I had an afternoon flight, so taking my time got there early, dropped off the rental car, thinking I've got like two hours and 20 minutes before this flight leaves. And so go into the airport, go through the first part of security, no problem. And then I get to the checkpoint. You guys flown lately? Yeah, it's always interesting. So I'm a diabetic. I've got an insulin pump on and I tell them that as I go through the scanner, and they said, okay, step aside, and they patch it down, they make you, you know, put your hand over it, and then they check your hands, and then they put the little thing they rub over your hands into this machine, and a red light goes off. Excuse me, sir, will you please step over here? Would you like to be in a private room, or are you fine in public? That was the question. I'm thinking, oh, I'm fine. I mean, I've got nothing to hide here, you know, I'm, I'm good, I've got, you Stand here, sir, and then they take my bags, they take my backpack and they dump it out on the counter. Laptop, glasses, books, everything, all over there, every pocket, they run that, that little pad through every area of my backpack. And then they open my suitcase. I only have one suitcase. it's a carry-on. It's a, you know, about this big, and they take everything. I mean everything, throw it on the counter, and then they proceed to toss it in the air and go through and wipe everything down, and I'm like, okay, um," and the supervisor's just standing there humming, I'm going, I'm glad you can have a good time with this because it's a little challenging, and then I wish I had gotten the private room, all right, (laughs) because it wasn't just a pat down, it was a pat down. That's what it was, hands down my pants, up my pants, uh, the everywhere kind of deal, and it's like, oh, okay, this is interesting, and you try to keep a good attitude about everything, right? But you're like, I'm glad you're doing this to protect us and make sure that we're secure, but I wish you had done it to someone else and not me, you know, and they say, okay, and they cram a couple, and then I was left to put everything back in after they had crammed I said, will you please be careful with my glasses? And I got the side eye look like, we suspect you of doing something illegal. Don't even talk. Don't even talk to me. It's like, okay, sir. You know, you just stand there while you put everything back in. It was a challenge, right? It really is. It's a challenge. But at the same time, I look at that and I go, okay. Now, this this was important. It was important. I go through what I go through. There's a story here that I can tell somewhere some way about this, you know, make a, make a good point. And, and it's kind of this. In five years, if I looked at my life, if I had had something illegal done there, I'd be in jail for the next five years. So in five years, where will you be? What's that going to look like in your life? In five years, where will you be? Have you ever stopped to think about that? Moments like this make you think. In five years, where will you be? How old are you? Say it out loud. How old are you? I'm 57. All right. So in five years, I'll be 62. What about you? How old in five years? All right. Don't lie. I know some of you are on, but I'm, you know, I'll be 62, five years. And you look at your life and going, okay, in five years, what is your life going to look like? What's it going to look like spiritually? What's it going to look like relationally? What's it going to look like financially? What's it going look like, to look like physically? Let's, let's take each one of those and walk through them real quickly. What's your life in five years going to look like spiritually, right? Where's your current spiritual life? Is it strong? Is it weak? Is it solid? Is it growing? What does that say about your future spiritual life? Well, it's a good start, Right? It's, it's a good groundwork to get you going in the right direction. For some of you thinking, in five years, I'm going to be closer to God than I am right now. I mean, I'm going to know a lot more of God's Word because I'm reading it like every day with Shelly as she reads through the Bible in a year, and you go, you know, I'm growing and I'm living out my faith, and I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. For some of you, you're in a spiritual funk, and there are a lot of us there still right now. And getting to church, really tough. I mean, that's, that's just the truth. You can't seem to find your rhythm with God. And COVID has done something with that for a lot of us. And it's still true today, especially in our, our current church. You can't seem to find your rhythm. The old sins are kind of taking over your life again. You've lost a little bit of faith. Maybe you've drift, drifted from God just a little bit. What do you think your spiritual life is going to look like in five years? It's a valid question. What about your relational life? What about your relationship? Let's talk about friends first. Five years from now, some of you, you're going to be developing some great God-honoring friendships. I mean, you're going to be stronger. You're going to be sharpening each other, challenging each other. You're, you're, You're going to have these rich relationships. Or maybe you don't have very good friends right now and maybe the ones that you have are a bad influence on your life, what are your friendships going to look like in five years? How about your, your marriage? If you're married, how about your marriage relationship? Five years from now, are you going to be closer with your spouse than you ever have been? Are you going to have this deeper level of intimacy, deeper than you ever thought was possible? Uh, maybe based on where you are now in your life, Maybe you're continuing to struggle in your marriage. Maybe you don't trust your spouse. Maybe you're just kind of holding on by a thread to your marriage, and in five years, some of you will be divorced, and the marriage will be over. Where will you be relationally in five years? How about financially? What's that going to look like in five years? Some of you are going to be debt-free. You know, no more student loans, no more car payments, no more credit card payments, no more, no, no, no more junk that's there that you got to pay every month because you overspent. I mean, you've got margin in your life, right, and your finances. And you'll be able to be more generous. You'll be able to help people and serve people and give to people around you because you found that margin financially in your life. But some of us are going to continue on the same path, just living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe the debt's gonna grow. Maybe the financial pressure's gonna grow. Maybe you're gonna find yourself worse off in five years than you are right now, and your head is underwater financially. That's where some of us are gonna be. How about your physical life? Physically, where will you be in five years? Some of you are gonna be more healthy you're going to be stronger you're going to be more fit you're going to be you're going to be free from whatever it is that's challenging you physically right now and some of us we're going to be stuck in the recliner not even able to get out of it because physically you've just stayed there and you lack energy and you lack focus and you're unhealthy i just want you to stop i want you to think about the big areas of your life, and ask you so, ask yourself, where will I be? How am I going to be? What's going to be happening in my life in five years? Now, some of you thinking, there's no way I can predict what my life will look like in five years. There's just there's just no way, really. Hold on to this thought: the habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. Remember that statement: the habits that you're living out today will shape who you'll become tomorrow and in five years, it's the same thing, and you know that's true because who you are today is a direct reflection of the habits that you've been living out for the past five years. That's how life works. The lifestyle that you lived five years ago is still there today, and it's haunting you, and it's dragging you down, and it makes a difference in the decisions that you make. Here's a big question, do you like the direction that your habits are taking you? Whatever habits those are, do you like the direction that your habits are taking you? Remember, it doesn't matter what your intentions are. I mean, you can intend to do something, you can intend to make some changes, you can intend to say, this is where I want to be, but it doesn't change your life. Your habits change your life. God comes in and changes your life and allows you to develop new habits, which then changes who you are and where you end up. Galatians 6 says this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give it up. He says, don't be stupid. You've got two options here. This is for your entire life. You've got two options. He says, you're sowing to the flesh bad choices, bad habits, bad lifestyles, or you're sowing to the Spirit, which breeds life and eternal life and good habits and good relationships and healthy things around you. Those are your choices Destruction and death, or life and godliness? Those are your choices, and you get to choose which of those that you want because it's true. We reap what we sow. That's a truth in life. Do you like the direction that your habits are taking you? Do you? Do you like the harvest that's coming because of the seeds? that you're sowing. We don't talk about seeds and sowing in this culture. It's more like you plant something and then you harvest what you plant, right? It's the same, it's the same thought. Let's do a quick review over where we've been because this is the last teaching in this series uh, based on Craig Rochelle's book. And, um, and it really is important. The very first week, we learned that real and lasting change has nothing to do with your behavior modification, It's all about spiritual transformation. And that spiritual transformation changes who you are. If you just change your behavior, but you don't let God change your heart, guess what happens? The behaviors come back. You fall back into the same patterns, the same lifestyle, the same addictions, the same challenges. That's what happens. And the first week, again, we started, why do you do what you do? You do because of what you think about yourself. And when you see yourself as a child of God, you change how you look at everything else in your life. Every week builds on each, uh, on each other. The first week, we started with our spiritual who. Who is it that God is calling you to be? And then we looked at our spiritual why. We don't just want to change because we want to be healthier or we want to have more money. We want to change so that we can honor God with those things. It's a different, it's a spiritual why. So we have a spiritual who, a spiritual why, and then we looked at our spiritual what, and those are the habits. And I ask you, what one habit do you need to change so that you can be healthy? Just one. What one habit do you need to change so that you can be healthy? What one habit do you need to to start so that you can be more healthy, you can be a better person, that you can be better in your relationships, and then we looked at our spiritual whatnot, and those are the habits that we need to stop doing. I, I told you my habit for that was diet Mountain Dew, because I was drinking 10, 15, 20-ounce bottles a day. That was kind of like my standard routine of diet Dew. And so three, almost four weeks ago, I quit diet Mountain Dew, and I'm still off of it. So that's a, that's a positive. Yeah. Jason just took his diet do and stuck it down on the floor so, so nobody would see it. You, you know, it's, it's a challenge, right? It's an addiction. It really is. And so I usually make about five or six weeks and then I fall back in. But that's not going to happen this time, right? Because you all are holding me accountable. I, I was at Kroger uh, yesterday and I'm checking out. And um, I was in a long line, one of the long things with. that's the self-checkout, but it's the longer you know, conveyor belt kind of thing and I had my wife's Coke Zeroes, three of those, on the conveyor belt, and they stopped the conveyor belt because it kind of too much food at the end. And I just took a deep sigh and rolled my eyes and walked down to the end, and a lady two aisles over, don't know who you are, thank you, if you're in here today, she came over and says, said, just notice you're a little bit frustrated, I'm holding you accountable, just like to the diet do. I'm going, thank you very much for that, I need that. I need people seeing me and holding me accountable, so thank you for... For making that happen for me. You just never know. But what do you need to get out of your life? And then last week, we looked at the spiritual how and how do we change. And Shelly did an amazing job teaching that one. And this week, we're wrapping it up with our spiritual impact because how you live will determine who you become, right? You understand that, don't you? How you live will determine who you become. And over time, the seeds that you sow today will produce a harvest for the future. The habits you have today will shape you for tomorrow. Galatians 6 is such a powerful scripture. Again, the laws of sowing and reaping, of planting and, and harvesting, those laws, they're, they're laws and they're always true. It doesn't matter who you are, what culture you're in, what century you're in, they're always true. They just are. Here's the three laws of sowing and reaping. Number one, you reap what you sow. You got that, right? It's pretty basic. You reap what you sow. If you sow a certain type of seed, you reap a certain kind of plant, right? I I mean, don't count on planting a tomato seed and reaping, I I don't know, cucumbers. It's not going to happen, all right? If you plant an apple seed, what happens? An apple tree starts to grow. That's what happens. You, you get apples. If you wanted grapes, you're out of luck. You should have planted a grapevine, but you planted an apple seed. If you plant godly habits, you'll reap godly outcomes. And the opposite of that is true as well. If you're living with ungodly habits, you'll reap ungodly outcomes. You reap what you sow. Hosea ten thirteen. But you have planted wickedness. You have reaped evil. You reap what you sow. If your habits are always bad, guess what? Your harvest is going to be bad because you reap what you sow. If you're late to work every day, if you have a half-hearted attitude when you go to work, guess what? You're probably not getting the promotion, right? I mean, it's just, just the way it is. Not because you're not qualified, not because you're not a good person, just because your habits have led you not to be responsible enough to deserve that promotion. That's how it works. If you sow seeds, maybe lust, all the time, and you're looking at pornography, and you objectify women, and you wonder why you don't have intimacy in your marriage, it's not because your marriage is bad. It's because your habits have led you into a bad place, and you're reaping a bad harvest from that of not having intimacy with your spouse. Same thing physically. If you eat anything that you want, the nothing bun cakes with the cream cheese icing, the red velvet. Man, I'm still dreaming about that, guys. I really am. If, if, if you eat whatever you want, as much as you want, and you don't exercise, and you drink a six-pack of beer every weekend, don't be surprised when you don't have six-pack abs. Because you're reaping what you've sown. Here's the next law. If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. If you don't like it, change it. If you don't like your relationships, look at the seeds that you're sowing. If you don't like your finances, look at how you're living. If you don't like your spiritual life, look at what you're doing spiritually. The last one is this. You reap more than you sow, which is an interesting concept, yeah? Because when you sow, here's what happens. God multiplies it. You always reap more than what you sow. Mark 4 says this, And the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. One seed can reap 100 times as much as what you planted. If you plant an apple seed, what do you get again? An apple tree, right? And that tree creates more apples which have more seeds in them, which then can be planted to produce more trees until you get this multiplication of things happening. You always reap more than you sow. It's true in every area of your life. Let's just say you decide tomorrow that you're going to be nice to people. I know that's a challenge for some of you. All right? Yeah, I'm looking at you. All right, you got it. You're going to be nice to people tomorrow, right? That means you get out of bed with a good spirit, a good attitude. You're nice to your spouse in the morning, before you've had your coffee, because you made that choice to be nice to them. And then you go to work, and you're nice to everybody at work. And you go to Walmart, and you're nice to all of the, okay, the one checkout lady at Walmart. You're nice to her. And you're nice to everybody in the long line around you. And you're nice to the people in the parking lot. And you do good things all day. Guess what? People are gonna start being nice to you because you reap what you sow. That's just the way it works. I don't know, maybe a few, you, you choose to pour into your marriage. Guess what might happen for you? No, don't go there. What might happen for you is that your spouse might start pouring back into you, they might start seeing you differently because you're seeing them differently and you're pouring in to that relationship. Craig Rochelle, in his book, The Power to Change, that we've been studying, talks about this principle. Small, smart choices plus consistency plus time equals radical difference. All right? Not rocket science. Small, smart choices plus consistency plus time equals a radical difference. So here's how it works. Um, let's just take coming to church as an example, right? One guy is just kind of inconsistent in church. I mean, he kind of shows up when it's convenient for him. He feels a little guilty about that, but he's not close to God because he's been drifting and he, he feels kind of guilty, but he slips back into some of his old habits and routines and temptations, and he's inconsistent, and it compounds into things that he's just not proud of. It's, it's a lifestyle that has no consistency to it, no godliness to it. The other, the other guy's consistent in church. I mean, he shows up early. He sits on the front row. He's serving somewhere in, in, in the church. He's close to God. Um, he, he's spiritually walking with God. He's reading his Bible. He's moving in these right directions, the right paths. Here's the deal. There's almost no difference between these two guys after the first week. Almost none, right? I mean, you couldn't tell. A month goes by, you still can't tell. A few months go by, and you can start to see the differences. You know, you just really can. And then at month number 27, there is a significant difference in the lifestyles. There's a significant difference in how they're living and what they're doing. You see, it's what you do consistently. It's small consistent habits done over and over and over again that equal positive results, or if you're planting the wrong kind of seeds, it results in negative things happening in your life. Remember, if you don't like what you're reaping today, change what you're sowing. Change how you're living. You reap, here's the next one, you reap after you sow. If you go and plant grass seed today, guess what? You're not going to have grass by the end of October. When are you going to have grass? In the spring. It's a great time to plant. You plant it now, springtime, it's going to come up. And for us in our culture, that's part of the issue, right? I mean, we get so discouraged because we don't see things happening immediately. As soon as we do something, we expect results. And when that doesn't happen, we just quit because it's not fast enough for us. Let's just say you pray every day five straight days. And at the end of five days, you don't feel any different spiritually, but you prayed for five days. Where's the change? Let's say you want to run. Again, you buy the right clothes. you got the right shoes, the right shorts, the right shirt. You look good, and you can go out and run maybe a block without stopping, maybe two blocks without stopping. But after a week of running, every day, you're going, I, I, I still can't run a mile without stopping. doesn't happen after a week. We expect immediate results, right? Or maybe you're paying off your debt. So, so you go, okay, I'm not buying Starbucks for a whole month. All right, so you've saved like 100 bucks. Right? Because once a week you would go, you saved a hundred bucks, and, and so now you don't owe 37,500 dollars on your loans. You owe 37,400 dollars on your loans. And you just takes too much time. It's not worth it. I'm going back to Starbucks. I mean, it's not worth it just to pay hundred dollars on my loans. And we think that small decisions don't matter, but we have to understand this principle. Our lives are the sum total of all the small decisions that we make. And every small decision adds up to be something big. They'll pay off over time, or they will destroy you over time if you're doing the wrong decisions. So who do you want to become? What type of person do you want to be? If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. I can't say that enough, because we don't seem to do it. So who do you want to become? And when you consistently and faithfully honor God with wise decisions, and you let Jesus lead you and empowering you to these God-honoring habits, your hard work and your discipline and your sacrifices and your faithfulness, they're not being wasted. They're making a future for you. That's what they're doing. Think of it this way. It's like hot water. Put some water on the stove in a pan because you want some hot water, and what does, what, what happens? Well, it, it doesn't heat up instantly. It takes a little bit of time, right? I mean, it warms up to 80 degrees, and then it gets hotter, warms up to 140 degrees, and then it gets hotter, and it warms up to 180 degrees, and then it warms up to 200, and then 204, 205, and 211. What do you have? You have really hot water at 211 degrees, right? but it warms up one more degree to 212 degrees, then you have boiling water. didn't happen instantly. You didn't go from cold water to boiling water like that. It was a process. It took time. And what happens when you're living the best life that God has for you and you're making the right habits day after day after day after day after day? When you're doing that, your life starts to Change. One day you are reaping a harvest, and people look at you and they say, Wow, that's incredible. You're an overnight success. And you're, you laugh to yourself and say, Overnight, nothing. It's been five years of every day getting up and reading my Bible and every day getting up and praying and every weekend worshiping God at my church and connecting to people at my church and serving God in ways that you wouldn't even believe. It's one thing at a time, after another, after another, after another. That's how it works. That's how five years from now, your habits can change you because it's one step at a time. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Friends, let me just say this to you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Do not give up. Don't give up. Keep praying, keep worshiping, keep reading, keep serving. Don't turn your back on God, turn to God. Allow him to change you by doing one step at a time. Because in five years, you might just look back and think, I'm exactly where I need to be because of all the good habits that I've been doing over these past five years don't give up for some of you you need to take that first step spiritually you need to connect to Jesus and and maybe for some of you that's baptism like we're going to do this baptism Sunday in a couple weeks sign up now give us a call now that's a great step for you some of you could use some prayer right now we're going to have a prayer team down front in just a few minutes Some of you just need to walk through where you're at in life and say, I need some help. I need some direction. I need some guidance. We're here for you. Right now, Shelly's going to come out and walk us through our time of communion. And then the band's going to play. We're going to have, again, the prayer warriors down front. If we can help you with anything today, we're here.